Hey there, before we jump into today's episode, I want to make sure that you know about three pretty cool changes I've made to my two signature e-courses, Marriage Methods for Women in Difficult Marriages and Heartbreak to Hope for Women Who Are Separated or Divorced. Change number one, you can now pay whatever you can afford for either of these courses. I don't want money to get in the way of your healing. Change number two, you can now decide between receiving the content weekly for 12 weeks or in a guidebook PDF upon purchase. And change number three, if you have a friend or family member in your life who is in a difficult marriage or going through a divorce, you can now give either of these courses as a gift. See, I told you these were cool changes. Check the links in the show notes to order today. Hey, sweet ones. Welcome back to the All That To Say podcast with me, your host, Elizabeth Klein. On this podcast, we talk about the hard stuff. A, because I've been through a lot of it. B, because most of you have too. And C, because I really believe that we have a God who died for us once and for all to forgive us once and for all, and that he wants us to live freely and lightly. Before we jump in, I want to remind you that my two signature e-courses, Marriage Methods, which is for women in difficult marriages, and Heartbreak to Hope, which is for separated and divorced women, are now both pay what you can. I'll post links in the show notes to both of those. Okay. Today, I'm tackling the topics of guilt and shame. You know, nice, light, and fluffy. Okay, I've done a lot of things in my life that I'm embarrassed about that I wouldn't want people to know, and I have hurt people in ways that still make me cringe when a memory comes to my mind. That's what guilt is. It's a realistic emotion based off a fact that you did something you shouldn't have done. So I'm going to start by talking about guilt when we've actually done a not so good thing. I'm sure you've heard this phrase or perhaps you've even used it yourself a time or two or a hundred. I just can't forgive myself. Now I've heard this said by women who have done horrible things, things they completely regret, things that haunt them, things they just can't seem to let go of and move on from. And I totally regret this. I have huge regrets in my own life a ton of choices that I would have give, I'd give anything to go back and redo. And I'm confident, of course, that with my wisdom gained afterwards, I would choose differently, but there is no going back. I've said it before. I'll say it again. I don't really believe in plan B. So I find myself obsessing over the wrong choice or the sin. And I kick myself and I wonder what if, and I carry the guilt and the shame around with me as if it's tethered to my back as if it's a part of who I am. So I totally get the concept of quote unquote, not being able to forgive oneself, but I don't love how that's phrased. I'm not sure I believe those words are right. I believe wholeheartedly that when someone claims that she cannot forgive herself, whether it be over her divorce or her affair or an abortion or staying too long in an abusive situation or whatever, that what she really means is that deep down, she cannot truly believe that God has forgiven her or is even able to forgive her. That what she has done has fallen just outside the boundaries of the grace of God. Now, we don't want to word it this way because we know how that sounds. It sounds like we're saying we don't believe the word of God is true 
when it says that we will be forgiven of all unrighteousness in first John one, it sounds like that we're saying that we think therefore God is a liar. It sounds like we're saying that when Jesus died on the cross, that was all good and fine. And that he died for the sins of the world and that his death conquered and killed sin, just maybe not all of ours. Our sin was too bad. It was too much. And we don't want to sound like that's what we're saying. But if I have done something really awful and I am sincerely sorrowful over it, and I have asked Christ to forgive me, I am forgiven. There is nothing else to add to the equation. Self-flogging is not part of the deal. God didn't say that he'd send Christ to die for us, and we also need to beat ourselves up for a little while, a few years, the rest of our lives, and then we'll be forgiven. No, it's just the Jesus part. And there's nothing that falls just outside of what was nailed to the cross. God isn't up there thinking, oh my gosh, she did that? Because I didn't make provisions for that. Now what am I going to do with her? I guess she'll just have to live with the guilt. No, all of sin was taken out. All of your sin was covered over. Even that really, really bad thing you did. So maybe you've got a secret and maybe you are carrying around guilt there's really only one thing to do. Go to God about it. Ask him once and for all to forgive you, but then ask him to help you experience the forgiveness to literally tangibly feel his forgiveness and his freedom to choose to know it to be true, even when you don't feel it. And then sweet girl, you walk in it. Listen to this conversation from the book of John, chapter eight. Jesus straightened up and asked her, woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? No one, sir, she said. Then neither do I condemn you, Jesus declared. Go now and leave your life of sin. Okay, so let's switch gears just a little bit to shame. According to Brené Brown, an author and researcher at the University of Houston, shame is an intensely painful feeling or experience of believing that we are flawed and therefore unworthy of love and belonging. Not just that we've done something bad, but that we ourselves are bad. Shame to me is like this entity all its own. It lingers, shame sticks. Shame keeps you feeling badly about something either long after the situation has been resolved or worse than the situation warranted. Now, I don't know about you, but I have felt the sting of shame far too many times in my life. And I'm going to share about one particular season of shame that I walked through. Many years ago, back when I was separated, a speaking engagement of mine was canceled on the topic of Christmas because I was separated. Yeah. And when I was separated, I was told I could not host a gathering in my home regarding church because my situation was quote unquote, too fresh, like cooties, I guess. Divorce is apparently contagious. Not cool. Mike Foster of People of the Second Chance talks about how when you come upon someone going through a hard time, you can either add to their shame bucket or you can add to their second chance bucket. I love this concept 
so very much. Going through a divorce as a Christian woman who was a writer and speaker and who had worked at a church and led women's ministry was so high on the shame scale for me, as is. My shame bucket was filled to the brim. I was filling up my shame bucket. I was like dripping shame drops wherever I went. But this organization that took away two opportunities from me, and to be clear, not so that I could have time to rest and heal, but simply because they didn't want to deal with my messy reality. They poured so much shame into my shame bucket that it overflowed. And I was like this close to walking away from ministry of all kinds. But then I remembered an old friend of mine. She ran the local women's shelter and I had volunteered for her organization in probably like a half dozen ways over the prior 15 years. And for some reason, I thought to reach out to her. I wanted, okay, I needed to be doing something for someone else for just a little while in the middle of my mess and my pain, anything really. So I reached out to her. I told her my current circumstances uh, that I was going through a messy divorce. And I, I very shyly asked her if there were anything she needed help with, like answering phones, filing, cleaning, I think I said to her. She said no. I remember thinking I was about to experience strike three and that if I were, I was done. I was going to bench myself indefinitely. She said she didn't want me answering phones, but she suggested instead that I teach a class to her current residents, whatever I wanted to talk about, like maybe relationships and faith and stuff. Wait, what? <laughs> but I'm broken. I told her my life is a mess. I'm in the middle middle of my huge pain. My situation is too fresh. What if the girls like catch what I have? How can I teach them about relationships when mine is ending? How can I teach them about faith when it feels a little bit like God has up and left me? And I thought for sure he'd want to answer the prayer to save my marriage, but he didn't. So that means I'm a little bit lost. And you want me to teach a class on relationships and faith. That woman poured into my second chance bucket before I knew what a second chance bucket even was. She said in those few words that I was not done. And not only was I not done, that there were people who believed I had something to offer right then and there, that there were people who were not going to make me wait until I was all healed up, whatever that even means, to quote unquote, let me serve. She kind of saved me that day. She saved me from walking away, maybe just in my heart a little bit, from like Christian leaders, from people with authority, from church ministry, from trying to help people in general. And she brought me healing. What that one organization did to me in branding me as unusable, my friend undid all of that and said, you matter. Come share what you've got. It's enough. You're enough, even in the mess. And I did, and it was beautiful. But how about your story? I want to give you a little red flag to look for. If you hear yourself should-ing yourself, you might be in shame territory. I should be able to handle this. I shouldn't feel this way. 
I shouldn't still be this sad. I should be stronger. I should be hustling more. I should, I should, I should. If you find yourself having these kinds of harsh conversations with your sweet self, I want you to try a couple things. First, I want you to ask the spirit to nudge you the next time it happens to help you notice it. It's all those little thoughts that run through our minds that are left unnoticed that dig the deeper ruts. So ask the spirit to nudge you to notice it. And then say stop out loud if possible in your head if you're not alone, but literally just, hey, stop. Third, try to assess what's really going on. Take some breaths. Fourth, talk to yourself. Talk to your body. Talk to your heart. Maybe even place your hand on your tummy if it's upset or your heart if it feels anxious. And give yourself a truth-based pep talk, the kind you'd give a friend with all the gentleness of a mother with a young child. Remind yourself that you're okay, that you're safe, that you're loved, that you're fill-in-the-blank something good. Remind yourself that Jesus has healed you, has forgiven you, has set you free, is healing you, and will one day heal you all the way through. Now, these things, girls, they're not magic but they can help you move towards wholeness and healing when you start to put them into practice. Paul says in Philippians 1, 6, being confident of this, that God who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Okay, so let me ask you, do you feel benched? If so, have you proclaimed that over your life? Has someone else done it to you? If it's you, ask God to reveal to you who you are right now and what you have to offer. Because I'm telling you, what you have to offer is beautiful. And then be prepared to respond with what he shows you. And if it's other people, I want you to take those words of shame that have been spoken over you, and I want you to bring them to Jesus, and I want you to bring them to a trusted, gentle friend and ask them both to speak to you words of truth and healing. Or are you listening to this? And maybe there's someone in your life right now who you know is walking around carrying shame, either for what she's done or what's been done to her or from horrible words being said over her life. Honey, you have the power to pour into her second chance bucket with tender words of mercy and grace and love. You can be someone's shame breaker. As always, you can share this episode support this podcast, subscribe to it, and even rate it, which you have no idea how much it means to me, all of you listening, all of you who are sharing and supporting and rating. So sweet ones, all that to say, whether guilt and shame are no big deal for you, or you feel like you carry them around with you everywhere you go, you are free. You are forgiven. And you are the unconditionally beloved daughter of God. And he is so delighted with you. You came into this world and you start each day already completely loved with no other loves to beg for and nothing 
to prove to anyone. Till next time, so, so much love.